Hi, I'd like to welcome you to our show. I'm your host, Praying Medic. We're talking about life as a child of God and all things related to his kingdom. Thanks for joining us. If you're a new listener to the show, you can find articles and books and other resources on my website, www.prayingmedic.com. You can also connect with me on Facebook and Twitter. Just look for Praying Medic. Now let's jump into this week's show. Good morning, everyone. It is Praying Medic, and I am by myself today. I am giving my wife the night off. I'm actually looking at her now as she's painting a rather large painting for uh, our home. Uh, It's going to be going in the background when I start recording videos in my office. We figured we needed to uh, spruce the place up a little bit, so she's painting and uh, I'm doing the podcast today. I wanted to talk to you a little bit today about something that's been on my mind. It's been on the mind of a few of my friends too. I got a couple of email messages this week from friends asking the question, is emotional healing really necessary? To some of you, the answer to this question might seem obvious. You might say, of course, emotional healing is necessary. But that view is not universally held in the healing community. There are a couple of different schools of thought uh, on the subject of emotional healing, deliverance, and working with generational issues. Uh, One school of thought believes that all of this type of uh, prayer is necessary and beneficial. There is another school of thought that says most of this is absolutely unnecessary. I want to focus a little bit on the view that says most of this is unnecessary. I'm not going to name names, but there are a number of prominent ministries today that teach that uh, working with generational curses, uh, working with bloodlines, and things like emotional healing are unnecessary, and that these things actually discredit the work that Jesus did on the cross. And, and here's where it comes from. For many years, particularly in Pentecostal and Charismatic churches, uh, people have gone through some very uh, uncomfortable, some very bizarre uh, practices in trying to get healed, get free of demons. A lot of that has come down to what it looks like a lot of jumping through hoops. I have met people who have sent me messages and said, you know, I've been through emotional healing. I've been through Sozo. I've been through deliverance. I have repented of everything I can think of. I have renounced everything I can think of. I have forgiven everyone I've ever known, and I'm still not healed. And some people will take this type of situation and say, you see, what these people are doing is they're having to jump through all these hoops, trying to do all the right things, trying to pray all the right prayers in order to obtain some kind of healing that eludes them. And what they would say is, all we need to do is renew our mind to the truth, renew our mind to what Jesus did on the cross, to apprehend uh, the fullness of life that he has won for us on the cross, and that's all that is needed. Now, I won't disagree with the fact that a lot of us tend to minimize and probably don't appreciate enough what Jesus actually did on the cross. There are a lot of people, I think, who do not appreciate fully what Jesus did for us on the cross. And part of my calling is to help people understand exactly what Jesus did do on the cross. But I would say this, I think we need to take a comprehensive view of what it is exactly that Jesus did when he suffered and died on the cross. Now, if you are at all familiar with 
divine healing. You are probably well-versed in the scriptures that illustrate what Jesus did for us on the cross. The one verse that many people, kind of their go-to verse for healing, comes from Isaiah chapter 53. It's verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Most people understand, if they've operated in healing, that when Jesus went to the cross, his body was broken, he was bruised for our iniquities, and by his stripes we are healed, at least physically healed. The question we have to ask ourselves is, when Jesus died on the cross to appropriate our healing for us, how exactly does that healing happen? When we're born, many of us are born with birth defects. As we go through life, many of us suffer illness, we suffer injury, and we aren't automatically healed. When we are born again, become believers, we are made a new creation. Our spirit man is renewed with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. But many of us still have physical injuries, we have illnesses, we have sickness and disease. None of this happens automatically. We all understand that healing has to be released through believers. We pray for the sick, we lay hands on them, we release the power of God, and people are healed. How is emotional healing done? Well, it's done exactly the same way. Just as we must administer physical healing to people who are sick, we also need to administer emotional healing to those who are emotionally traumatized. There's no difference between the two. While we all know Isaiah 53 verse 5, many of us have overlooked Isaiah 53 verse 4. Uh, Verse 4 is actually the beginning of the prophet Isaiah speaking about what Jesus won for us on the cross. And verse 4 reads, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. If you look at that, it says, He, the Messiah, has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Well, what do you think that's talking about? That's talking about emotional trauma. That's talking about pain and emotional wounds. It's talking about sadness and despair. It's talking about anger and disappointment. Right here in the very same passage where we all understand that Jesus died on the cross to win our physical healing, it also says that he died for us and suffered to give us emotional healing. While there are some people who probably require long periods of prayer that takes years to get them healed of all of the things that have happened to them, the people I'm thinking of in particular are those who have uh, suffered severe emotional trauma, satanic ritual abuse, and have uh, what was formerly called multiple personality disorder, but is now called uh, dissociative identity disorder. Those people are being successfully treated today by people who work in emotional healing and deliverance. And the road to recovery for those survivors is long and it can be grueling, but they are getting free and they're not getting healed by the big name ministries. They're getting healed by people like Steve Harmon, who work with them week after week, month after month, over the course usually of a year or two. And they work through all the pain and the emotional trauma and the mental programming and the lies and the demonic devices that have been put on these people. There's all kinds of uh, different aspects that are involved in getting people healed of emotional trauma. I don't deal a lot with people who have been severely uh, traumatized. I primarily deal with people who have had less severe trauma, although I have ministered to some people who've had pretty severe emotional trauma. Now, in all the time that I've been doing prayer for healing and in all the hundreds of dreams that the Lord has given me, 
He has never actually given me any revelation about generational sins, generational curses, about bloodlines. I don't have any personal revelation that has anything to do with that type of prayer. I have some friends who operate in that type of ministry, and they seem to have a lot of success in what they do. I personally don't operate in that type of ministry. But I'm not going to say that because the Lord hasn't revealed it to me, that he hasn't revealed it to other people. I think he has, and I think that each of us has a different understanding of how healing works. We're all given different pieces of the puzzle, and I think that it's only when we all come together and share the pieces of the puzzle that we have that we're going to have a complete picture of what healing looks like. I would like to share a dream that I had a few years ago that kind of illustrates this point. In this dream, it took place in the far distant future, and I was working as, I guess, what I would call a healing technician. I came to work every day, and I would check into something that was like a kiosk. I would look at the records of the people I was going to pray for that day. I would pull up one record at a time, and I would review the type of uh, illness that this person had, and I would review the type of prayer they'd already received. I would pray, and my prayers would be guided by what I would see in visions. My prayers were recorded, and they became a permanent part of the person's record. That person would then go on to someone else who would pray for them using a different mode of prayer. Their prayers would become part of the record, and that person would go on to a third person who would receive uh, a different type of prayer, and they would go on to a fourth person. Now, in the dream, everybody received prayer from four different people, and each one prayed in a different way. Everybody was always healed because they received prayer from four different people who prayed four different ways. I think the dream represents the idea. Well, it represents a lot of things. One of the things it represents is the fact that there are different ways to pray, different ways to release healing, different ways to release power, different ways to use authority. There are different problems that we come up against. I had a friend who sent me a private message this week. He told me about this problem where his scalp had been bleeding for years. He would wake up in the morning and his pillow would be basically be soaked with blood. He had all kinds of sores on his scalp, and there wasn't anything that was actually causing this to happen that he could discern. He didn't have any kind of a rash. He didn't have any trauma. He had seen doctors for it. They had no explanation for it, and yet it persisted for years. I'll give you the short version of this. One day, his wife was praying, and she saw an angel standing behind him. They were praying to discern what was causing his scalp to bleed. His wife saw the angel standing behind him, and she also saw something like a metal skull cap that had metal tabs that were buried into his scalp, and this is what was causing the bleeding. The angel then took this thing off of his head and just removed it, and he said, I could feel the blood start to run down my scalp. Um, he, he, at that point, he was bleeding uh, pretty significantly, but eventually the bleeding stopped, and then he said the angel brought a vial of oil and dumped the vial of oil on his head. And he could feel it running down over his head. And since that day, he has not had any problems with his scalp bleeding. Uh, one of my friends, Matt Evans, is a guy who has a very well-developed ability to see in the spirit. When Matt prays for people, 
he will often see demonic devices that are placed on people. One of the ways that we have to learn how to get people healed is to see in the spirit and see specific things that need to be removed. I hate to be a legalist, but the reality of divine healing is there are things out there that the enemy does to people that if we cannot identify a specific thing that's causing an affliction or a sickness, we're never going to get that person healed. We have to be able to discern what it is that is the root of their sickness, what is the cause, what's the demonic origin, and we have to remove everything that the enemy has done. We're not going to get people healed any other way. So my perspective on this is I, I try not to criticize or condemn people who operate in a way that is different than what I do. There are a lot of different ways that people do divine healing. And if they're getting good results, and if the Holy Spirit is the initiator of the process, uh, I am okay with whatever it is that they're doing, even if I don't understand it, and even if I've never heard of it before. I can say this, over the last year or two that I've been praying for people to receive emotional healing, um, I have had tremendous success. And this is not an exaggeration. I would say more than 95% of the people that I pray with for emotional healing, when the process is done, and it usually takes 10 or 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes, over 95% of the people that I pray with feel significantly different, feel uh, noticeably better after we've gone through the prayer process. Either the anger is gone or the shame or the guilt or whatever it is that they've been dealing with is lifted. It's completely gone. They feel lighter. They have joy. And all I can say is that um, my experience with emotional healing is it works. People can tell that something has changed when we've gone through the process. And a number of people have actually received healing of physical symptoms after we've gone through the emotional healing process. So if you are a skeptic, if you're a doubter about the validity of emotional healing, all I can suggest to you is to try it. If you're seeing 100% of the people that you pray for healed, then I wouldn't worry about it. What you're doing is fine, and I would not worry about emotional healing. But if you're praying for a significant number of people who are not healed, I would challenge you to consider learning something about emotional healing. The process that I use is very simple. Uh, it doesn't take a long time. You don't need to take a class. Um, it's, it's pretty easy. Uh, it's biblical, if that helps. And it's all Jesus. I just invite Jesus into the, uh, the prayer dynamic. I usually just ask the individual to recall whatever painful memories they can re recall. Name the emotion that they're feeling. Ask them to give the emotion to Jesus. Ask Jesus to heal a wound in their soul. When we go back and go through the event and have them recall the memory, Whatever they were feeling before, the shame, the guilt, the anger uh, is gone. It's completely gone. Usually they can remember the event, but the associated emotion is completely gone. So like I said, if, if you have any doubts about emotional healing, I would just challenge you to try it. It's not going to hurt anything, and you may actually start seeing a lot more people healed. That is my message for this week. Thanks for tuning in. I'll catch you next week. Praying Medic out. Well, folks, that is our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for dropping by. If you're new to the podcast and you haven't been to my website, you might drop by and check out the articles I have there. If you have any questions or comments about the show, 
You can contact me at admin at prayingmedic.com. That's A-D-M-I-N at prayingmedic.com. You can also contact me on Facebook and Twitter. I'd like to thank you again for dropping by. I hope you enjoyed the show.